Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Booklist Shelf Care, the podcast, where we talk all things reader's advisory, collection development, and reference right in your little ears. I'm your host, Susan McGuire, here to guide you on our journey through all things bookish and library land. Here's the thing. I love a book group. Maybe that's not exactly a shocking confession, but I do. I love stretching my reading radar by reading book group selections, and I love breaking down what's great or not great about a book with a group of literary-minded friends. I love choosing the book, I love finding discussion questions, I love leading the conversation or just sitting back and letting someone else lead. There's nothing better than being in a room full of people who love to read, even if it's the only book they'll read all month, and talking it out. Abby, I am not alone in this. Book groups are popular, man. Book groups are the backbone of library programming for adults like story times are for children. And if you run a book group at your library, you know you could never get enough suggestions or how to pick a great title or tips for running your book group better. Gosh, I've said book group a lot in this intro. Well, good news. It's about to be said a lot more because I talked to Montoya Barker from the Indianapolis Public Library about book groups, and our conversation is right here. Then I cornered Booklist audio editor Heather Booth and demanded to know what she's been reading and loving lately. JK, we sat down for a peaceful conversation about books, and I recorded it, as you do. Before we get to all that, a word from some friends. Want to share that great Booklist Reader's Advisory content with your patrons? Now it's easy with Booklist Reader, a selection of backlist booklists and best ofs designed with your patrons' reading needs in mind. Want to know the best book group books? Booklist Reader has a list. Looking for great middle grade graphic novels? There's a list for that. What about the best mysteries and thrillers on audio? You better believe Booklist Reader has a list for that, too. Best of all, the titles featured are already on your shelves, so no need for frustrating holds cues. Booklist Reader is included with your subscription to Booklist, so you can share this digital magazine on your library's website or newsletters. Find Booklist Reader on booklistonline.com reader issues and start sharing the great reader's advisory content with your patrons today. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Montoya Barker, who is the Special Collections Librarian at the Indianapolis Public Library at the Indianapolis Special Collections Room. And we're here to talk today about book groups. So thank you for joining me, Montoya. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the book groups at your library. What kind of groups do you have? What kind of groups do you serve? That kind of thing. Well, the books that the groups that we have, we have different genres that we cater to. And then we also have different age groups, different audience attendees, what have you. A lot of times for, for the book group that I work with, most of my, my attendees are are they're retired and mm-hmm. they have lots of lots of reading uh, objectives to fulfill throughout their month and we generally read mostly I would say fiction and nonfiction but mainly I think that they they mainly enjoy the nonfiction part of it not a whole lot of romance in our book club at the at the where I where I worked at the Lawrence branch but we do have a number of people a number of groups that do have the romance romance readers and um, sometimes we have mystery readers, we have graphic novel book clubs. So it just depends on the branch. 
specifically for the book club that I worked with, we were mainly just fiction and nonfiction. And a lot of it was maybe um, historical fiction sometimes, uh, but very little romance for my book club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like romance is polarizing. Either either you love it or you don't love it. Yeah. I love yeah. it personally. Yeah, I have no problem reading it. Um, it just depends. I think it just depends on what you're what you're what you look for. And it right. depends on your your general interests. But I don't have a problem reading it at all. Don't have a problem telling people that I read it. Yeah. But yeah. But sometimes it's not discussable. And you know, you can't just have just because a book is good doesn't mean it's going to be a good good book group book. So what do you think it is that makes a book discussable? Well, I was going to hit on that. Um, okay. Yeah. There are some books that we've read and they 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 were great topics the the but when you start trying to discuss it, sometimes the books you can only discuss it for about 10 minutes and mm-hmm. it's time to move on to the next topic. So sometimes for my book club I always try to find books that had, if they had a discussion guide or reading guide that was published by the author or published by the the publisher themselves, the publishers, then I would know that at least we have, we have a break. They've broken out something for the, for the book and they, they're trying to show you the different topics and the subjects and the different themes and symbolisms and things like that in the book. And so that's what I look for. If the book, if the book has good, a good theme and has a good subject, it has a, a, obviously a, a wonderful genre. But any of the topics that I can just kind of delve into and and find some additional research for dip, to add context to the book, that is how you know you're going to find you're going to have a good book discussion. If I am reading to say I read the book by Hallie Rubenhold, um, The Five. And if I'm digging through archival documents and looking for articles that support some of the topics or some of the things that were referenced in the book, I know I've got a book that dis- a good book discussion coming because I'm I'm researching more things that things that I read in the book and I'm trying to research it in so that I can use that to add context to my book discussion group. So definitely books that have multiple different subjects, uh, different different symbolisms, if you can identify different themes, those are books where you know you're going to have a really good book discussion. So you mentioned the five. Have there yeah. any, been any other recent titles that have been particularly good or any oh. that you want to call out has been like not great? We can well I will focus on the ones that are good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to discourage anyone from reading something that I did. Right, every like, book group is yeah, different too. Everything. Because- yeah. Um, so one of the first thing that comes to mind is Miss Benson's Beetle by Rachel Joyce. Mm-hmm. It's a funny women's adventure story that it begins in England in the 1950s. And it takes us on like just, just this wonderful journey through New Caledonia, which, which is a French territory in the South Pacific. It's in the uplit category, which is a new to me literary buzzword that I read about in a 2018 post on a blogger, a book blogger website. It was just a fantastic read. It was an adventure. I enjoyed it. I actually listened to it on audiobook, which I think enhanced my enjoyment of it. But when we got to the book, when I started preparing for the book discussion, 
I had to pull maps. I had to pull a lot of different photos to sort of explain the setting of the book and explain where they were at certain part, at certain chapters. This is what this area looks like. These are the things they would have encountered if you go there. And so I kind of turned it into a travel log, if you will, nice. about just the destination in the book. And so that it really made for a wonderful book discussion. And the book, again, was funny. And I really, I really enjoyed that book. Another book that really resonated with our attendees was The House in the Cerulean, Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clune. Oh. And that takes place on a magical island. Yeah. And we have this book in our adult science fiction collection. It's a fantasy novel with a lot of humor. The overwhelming response from our attendees for this book was that they just really loved the characters, including mm -hmm. a really sweet LGBTQ love story. So oh. that was one, I think, I, I wish I pulled the attendance numbers, but we had one of the highest attendees for that book discussion and just kind of resonated with a lot of the attendees in our book club. The other book I, I mentioned earlier, The Five by Howling Rubenhold, that was one of my my favorite books to research because there was so much information that Howie kind of gave us the setting of what it was like for women living in the time of Jack the Ripper mm -hmm. and how they were just kind of, you know, the story that has been sold to us over and over again is completely different than her research revealed. And so it was really amazing to just kind of read through it and you learn all these, you know, Jack the Ripper is sort of like the, the star for some reason. And he, you know, hurt these people. And then you find out they, she's not talking about him. She's not interested in who the, who the killer was. She's talking about the lives of the women. And mm -hmm. that was just a wonderful book discussion for us. And the last book well, that I'll say, I was warned before I read it. And this is the one where you're going to either love it or you hate it. Okay. Uh, it was The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendricks. Okay. So this is the one that I, I will say between the first four chapters, the first four chapters were absolutely amazing. And they were, it was funny. It was hilarious. And if you're in a book club or multiple book clubs, sometimes you can probably identify different characters that you know in this yeah. book. And then it took a turn <laughs> around chapter four to half, five. And it's just that if you plan on using this book for your book discussion, just warn everyone, we are all adults. And let's just remember this is, it's, it's, there's a reason it says slaying vampires. And there's okay. a lot going on. That's kind and of a spoiler in the title. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot going on. And I will say it's not for everyone. I've heard some people said I couldn't finish it. There's no way. But for me, I was warned by people. And so it, it made for a great book discussion. Again, yeah. we looked at the subject, the genre, and the themes in the book. And the themes are really lots, lots of good themes in the book. The symbolism in the book. And then we also looked at the setting. It was set, I want to say, South Carolina. I think that's I hope right. I'm, yeah. I think that's and, right, yeah. Yeah. And so we, we talked all about South Carolina and all about different aspects of living in South Carolina. And so it was, it made for a really good book discussion. It is not for everyone. So yeah. that's one of those books. It's just like, it had all the elements of a good book discussion, but sometimes you might, you might want to pass on it. Right. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, not everyone has to love every book. And that that's, I think, one reason why people come to book groups, too, is that they 
kind of can expand their reading horizons. Yes. And so yeah. they have to be willing to accept that sometimes it's going to expand in ways they, right. yeah. they might not love. But And I, I think that's what happened with the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slate Vampires. It just, it was, it was different. But I enjoyed it. Again, that first four chapters, I was laughing out loud. <laughs> it was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. And then Artemis. Artemis by Andy Weir is another book club. Oh. It's a sci-fi, sci-fi book. Again, we had a lot of members uh, bring, we had a couple of members bring their, their, their partners who they, they felt like this is the book where my husband can get involved in the things uh-huh. that I do every month. <laughs> and so I thought that was wonderful that we were able to pull in men to our book club. Yeah, and that was wonderful. And it was a good book. And and that was a book, again, there were so many different themes going on in it. And it was just a really, really good read. And you were able to just discuss it, kind of dissect it and really discuss it. So let's talk about finding these great books. What kind of criteria do you use to select a title? Like when you're reading a review of a book is there something that will stand out that you're like oh this will be discussable or what kind of Mm -hmm. resources do you use to make your selections that kind of thing well the first thing i do with the with with the group when i was in charge of running my book discussion at my branch i would always go to the members first and ask them for suggestions i would not i tried not to be the one to tell them what they wanted to read Mm -hmm. i would go to them first and then we do sort of, and then I would offer other suggestions that maybe someone had told me about another librarian or I'd read about on Booklist or yeah. I'd read about on Book Riot, one of my favorite places to read. And I also, again, I mentioned earlier, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And so sometimes I will go to Audible and I'll just go sort through some of the newest upcoming book releases. Maybe they're Maybe they are books that have just recently been added to audio. Because if, mm-hmm. if you know anything about audiobooks, sometimes when a book is published, it doesn't always get that audiobook component. Right. Sometimes and so, wait. yes. And so I do that a lot. And I listen to a lot of those those narrators and try to get get an idea if this is going to how how the story's gonna flow if I'm listening to it. But I I just try to look just try to stay on top of things. I'm on different librarian listservs. Mm -hmm. And so I'm on the Black Caucus of the American Library Association listserv. And a lot of times they share upcoming books or they share a lot of different webinars for upcoming books. And I will say that, and I know I'm I'm promoting book lists, but- You're allowed to (laughs) promote book lists on this podcast. Book list (laughs) has so many wonderful free webinars that tell us about upcoming fiction titles, upcoming romance titles. And those are just a wonderful way of trying to find your next great read. And a lot of times you will just, you'll just be kind of like, you know, maybe writing down a title or something. And then all of a sudden they'll say a buzzword or they'll say something about history or mm-hmm. they'll say something about a, a town or something that it, a book is set in a town or something that you've heard of. And you're like, oh my goodness, I need to go there. Or I need to read this book about um, this destination that I want to visit or something like that. And then suddenly that will be the book that you think, you know what, I think this might resonate with my my wonderful attendees at my book club. So, but definitely for me, if it says something about history, 
if it says something maybe about just a, a destination that I've either been to, I've visited, or maybe I've wanted to go to, I will throw that out as a suggestion for my book club. Um, if it says something about science fiction, I, I definitely want to, I'm really glad that my, that the group that I worked with were open to reading science fiction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes depending on the group, they just like, no, if they even hear the words science and fiction in the same sentence, they're, they just kind <laughs> of not right. want to read that. But I was really uh, fortunate that the group that I work with, they really, they were, they were open to trying it out. And we were fortunate that we got some really great science fiction choices for them to read. I would have hated for them to read something that they absolutely just didn't like and that that soured them on science fiction forever. But we got some really good topics. So, Cool. Um, Do you think that those celebrity book groups like Oprah and Jenna's book group and Reese's book group, do you think that influences what people want to read or does that influence what you your selections, like, do you look at those and think those could be good or do you kind of go out on your own? And I do look at those. I do look at those. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head other than becoming because Mm -hmm. that was just so popular. And it, for, for my group, it didn't matter what political side they fell on. They just wanted to hear Michelle's story. Yeah. (laughs) And so it was really wonderful. I do see that when Reese promotes a book or when Oprah would promote a book, I remember seeing an up, a significant uptick in old requests for those books, whether right. or not that the groups were later, they were going, they were turning, using those for book clubs or not. I don't know. I don't know those stats, but we would usually, if there was a popular book, we would usually, because we have to use library books at the time to to reserve our books for our next book discussion. Oh, okay. We had about maybe 10, 15 people would come to our book discussion. So we would usually read those those really popular books maybe a year after they were released. Right, when they're available. Yeah. And so I didn't really, I mean, I, re- I would take note of those things, but I was, it was more for myself, not for the book club. But later on, I re- remember, oh, this was really popular last year. Let me see how many copies we have available now. Because I knew back back when it was released we wouldn't have any copy it's available mm-hmm. so so it's good to go back even now and look to see what was popular maybe a year or two ago and see if you have enough copies in your library if that's how you select your books for your library your library group to see what was popular a year or two ago and see if you can read it now yeah so you know you you talked about becoming kind of being popular no matter where folks were politically because of the power of Michelle Obama. Yeah. Have you had experiences where folks disagreed so vehemently on a book that it kind of stalled the discussion? And how do you, how do you deal with like tough book group meetings? We've had it a couple of times when we have one or two people in the group that have really strong opinions. Mm -hmm. I haven't had anything that, really there was no drop you know no big fight or anything like that right okay but i will say for my experience usually i would try to find that end where they had finally so one person took a breath and i'd say okay next question yeah (laughs) okay jump in i would try to wait then i never i can't recall a time where ever i had to like slap someone's hand so to speak and say you can't do that we did have there was there was I mean, I, 
from from my from my memory, I think there was maybe one time when someone said, "Yeah, that was a pretty tense." intense book discussion mm-hmm. but and then i remember the next time we met i said okay everyone we're going to be kind to each other today yeah and then everyone kind of had an uncomfortable chuckle and then we moved on but i haven't had i've been again i've been fortunate enough that i haven't had uh anyone when we read uh becoming i can't remember any point where every, anyone was trying to discuss the politics of Michelle Obama were mm-hmm. of her husband. It just didn't happen. They were just really interested in the journey. And I was interested in the journey as well. So it was really just one of those things we didn't we didn't have to go there. So yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry if if anyone was looking for the solution. For juicy all, stories. Yeah, yeah. I don't have it. <laughs> no, that's all right. I mean yeah. that's kind of what you want is you know you and I think that um for the most part people come to book groups in good faith, you know, where they, yeah. they want to hear other perspectives and they want to talk about a book. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't come to a book or they just right. read a book on their own. Right. Yeah. And I know that when I, a few of our members would say, I'm so glad I'm part of this group because for instance, the House of the Cerulean Sea, it was something they said, well, I, I wouldn't have picked up this book if Montoya hadn't made me read it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that feels good. Yeah. And I was like, well, I didn't make you read it. You voted. But (laughs) But still, but I'll take credit. Yeah, I'll take credit. (laughs) (laughs) So talk a little bit about, you said you listen to audiobooks when you're selecting and and you're just an audiobook listener. How do you use audiobooks to enhance the book group experience? Do you always make sure to have an audiobook available? I do. It's, well, it's a little bit more difficult now because a lot of publishers, depending on when they're releasing the book, they're only releasing it as an e-audio and not the physical audiobook. So what we do have a couple of members that were very tech savvy in downloading e-audiobooks when they found that when they realized they could do it, it was a little bit easier but I try to, if there is an option for the audiobook, I will include that link with the uh, information. Because I usually would send out a list of the books that we're reading. And I would say, here's how you can either put a hold on it yourself or here's the e-audio link that you can download mm-hmm. it and listen to it. And then, of course, if we have the physical uh, CD, I would definitely have that available for them. But when I... I think most of the members knew I was an audiobook listener because I would talk about if if the book had sound effects mm-hmm. or something like that, which makes it so much better. I would talk about that. Um, and then I would also just talk about narrators. And I heard this once and I, I can't I can't stress this enough. If a, a, a good narrator can make a so-so book sound absolutely amazing. Yeah. And then sometimes not so not so wonderful narrator can take a book that is absolutely amazing and then turn it into a not-so-so book because right. you don't like the narrator. And that's happened to me a couple of times. So I try to, I tell everyone, I, I like to listen to e-audio because I'm an iPhone user and iPhone is everything to me. And I can, <laughs> I yes, I'm promoting iPhone. <laughs> well, um, yeah. <laughs> Not that they need your help. No offense. Yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> but I, I love being able to just, you know, it connects to my my car and I can listen to it going back and forth to work, whatever yeah. I do. So I just kind of, that's that's pretty much all I do. I just tell them if it's a good audiobook, 
one thing that I would do, and I, I like to communicate with my book club through email throughout the time between the time that we meet. And so if I'm listening to something on audio or if I'm at a really good chapter and, and I and I will tell them, hey, just a reminder, we're meeting in a couple of weeks and I'm, you know, about 56% through the book and I love the audio, the narrator, haven't had a chance and you're still on the fence about whether or not you want to read it. I urge you to download the audio or something like that. And so I've done that a few times. So that's that's pretty much the extent of how I promote it. But I do, I will say, I do love all the books that I mentioned, I believe, all the books that I mentioned today, I listen to them on audio. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that could it could be the reason I love them so much. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, all of them I listen to on audio. I think the only two, I'm sorry, I lied. <laughs> the only two I didn't listen to on audio was Artemis and The House on, Cerule- on the Cerulean Sea. Uh, Artemis, I actually got an advanced reader copy and I read that out loud. <laughs> so okay. that was, yeah, that was it. You so, made your own audiobook. I did. <laughs> so for folks leading book groups at their libraries, what advice do you have for people for leading a good book group or choosing a good book group title or anything like that? I definitely recommend using the internet as your as your toolkit. You find okay. other libraries that maybe if you're planning on doing an online book discussion. I would recommend attending an online book club, but from uh, hosted by another library that gives you a lot of pointers. A lot of things that I do with my, just my programs in general, I learned from attending programs at other libraries. If there's any type of on a book club training, any type of book club webinars that you can find, YouTube is a great place. Again, Booklist has a lot of different webinars. I can't stress it enough. Attend those webinars, make make, you know, make that effort to learn a little bit. It's not, it's not like I started out doing book clubs and I knew everything I needed to know. I learned as I, as I went along, Mm -hmm. there were some, you know, mistake, uh, missteps. And then there were a lot of other things, but it, it became at first, I thought it was going to be a chore for me to have to read a book every month. And, and then it just became fun for me. A lot of times the book, like I said earlier, being able to research books and research the subjects and the genres and the themes and the symbolism, It that became fun for me to be able to know I'm going to share this, I'm going to share that. And then just try to keep in mind that you're not going to love every book that yeah. your audience wants to read. But again, a lot of times when it was a book that I didn't absolutely love, but I was able to do a lot of research, I started, I love the topic or I love the the, the themes that I was finding. So that was helpful. And again, I can't stress it enough. There's a lot of di- different book club webinars out there. And I would just recommend just looking for that training. There's sometimes there's workshops that could be either online or in person. I think Programming Librarian mm-hmm. has a number of different resources that you yeah, can great. look at. And they've done, they have a lot of different uh, types of book clubs. And a lot of book clubs have different te- have different themes that they could settle. It could be a fitness literature book club or something like that. And so I definitely recommend Programming Librarian. And there's, I mean, there's just different resources on on the internet. Google can be your friend in this instance, yeah. librarians. 
and just see what works. But don't rule out going to other your other local libraries if you have the opportunity to visit other library book clubs. Yeah. And just kind of see how they run things and you can see what you like, what you don't like. And then you can just use the things that you like to enhance your book club. Right. Learn from the best. Yes. So unrelated to book group books, let's just end with the question I like to ask folks is, what are you reading and loving right now? There's two books that I love, and I I can't <laughs> I can't choose between the two. I'm about two percent into madly deeply the diaries of Alan Rickman, oh. and I'm again listening to it on audio. And then the other one that I read recently, this was Midnight in Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. And this one had to do with history. And I just, I, I think I wanted to do this as part of the book club, but I couldn't find book discussion questions for it. And I think we ended up going with a different title, but I loved it. It was absolutely amazing that a lot of, again, again, different history, documentation, a lot of, a lot of information. And it was just eye opening. I really, really enjoyed that book. Um, but right now I'm 2% into Madly Deeply by Alan Rickman. And there was something else I wanted to add about book club discussion questions. Yeah. A couple of times, and I mentioned that I, Midnight in Chernobyl, I mentioned that it was, I didn't suggest it for our book club because it didn't, I couldn't find the discussion questions. But one of the things that I thought was intriguing was that I could, I have actually reached out to other authors sometimes and said, hey, do you have discussion questions that you can put together for me yeah. uh, for this book? I really want to do that. So I will I will say that if you find a book that you think would be a really good book discussion book, I would say if you can't find the discussion questions, try reaching out to either the publicist or the author, because a lot of times they'll just, they'll just, they'll whip up some questions for you and they'll, they'll, they'll talk. I, I thought, who better to know their story than the author? And yeah. so that has been helpful. I've done that about, I won't say a lot of times, but maybe three or four times. And I've had a really good response from uh, from publishers putting together or authors putting together discussion questions for us. That's an interesting approach. I didn't think yeah. about that. Yeah, I've done it. I've reached out either directly to their publicists on through email or on Twitter. And I said, hey, you know, I really want to do this book for the book discussion. Do you have any discussion questions or any topics that you'd like me to discuss um, while we're doing this? And they will put together some really intriguing book discussion questions for you. Yeah. Just a a general suggestion. That's a good suggestion. I like that. Well, thank you so much for chatting about all things book groups. We really covered the gamut, which I love. Any final thoughts after your last final thought? (laughs) (laughs) I would just say have fun with your book club and keep learning. Always look for different professional book club development opportunities for yourself. And don't don't rule out attending book clubs at other libraries because I think that you can learn from your colleagues when you do that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Montoya. Bye-bye. Thank you. Professional development is super important for library staff, but finding the time and the funds is real tricky. Booklist webinars are a great way to squeeze some continuing education into your busy schedule. 
Each free one-hour webinar covers something staff can take right into their work. Like what? How's about picture books, or sci-fi fantasy books, or craft books, or book group picks, or library management, or library reads? So many topics covered each in one convenient hour. Register to watch the webinar live, or to be notified when the video is up in the archives. All free! All just one hour! Perfect for those days when you only have enough time off the service desk to eat a sad sandwich in your office. Find upcoming webinars and archives at booklistonline.com webinars. I'm with Heather Booth. Always a good day with Heather Booth. Hello. <laughs> so here's the big question. What have you been reading and loving lately? I So it's now late mid-January. We're in January right now. And so yeah. over the holidays, I did something really fun and novel for me, which is I read books on paper. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really cool thing that some people are doing these days. Sure. <laughs> so as the audiobook editor, I mostly listen to my books. So I'm listening to a bunch of stuff. But over the the holiday time, I checked out from my actual library. Even. Yes. I went to the library and I checked out Suburban Hell by Maureen Kilmer. Oh. Which was a lot of fun. I don't read horror very often, but I really, really love dysfunctional suburban stories. Mm -hmm. um, and this one... <laughs> It's like, as speaking as a boring suburban mom myself, I appreciated that this was like boring suburban moms fighting the forces of evil and, you know, doing an exorcism on their friend in the end. Nice. Um, which was, which was kind of fun. Yeah. So that was, that was a fun, fun one that I found and enjoyed. And then I've been reading some romances. Oh. Uh, I'm the kind of reader who for much of my reading life, kind of poo-pooed romances. Um, oh, but Heather. I love them. And I don't know why I had that attitude about them. Because uh, of society. Let's blame society. Of, yeah, totally because of society. And so I'm reading another paper book, Rules of Engagement by Christina Dodd. Oh, she's it. been around for a while. Yeah. So this one I actually found on the free shelf at my at a library and i'm enjoying it i although the weird thing is i'm finding it hard to like i feel really bad because i have to crack the spine a little bit to see all oh, the words to get all the words because that's the the trouble with mass market yeah yeah but aside from that i'm i'm really uh, enjoying that and i find that this phase of my life right now involves a lot of driving places and waiting for people. And so having books that I can literally put in my coat pocket is a really nice thing. Yeah. And mass market is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. So is that one historical? Does she write historical yeah. or does she so write? So this is, good? I think it's number two in the Governess Brides series, um, mm. which involves, I, th I thought this, this one's really fun because it's, you know, the governess who is disguising herself as an older unattractive woman but she's actually very young and very attractive um because the the rakish earl can't have the the idea of temptation around him because he's trying to improve his image and then i'm rolling my eyes hijinks hijinks <laughs> <laughs> yay so yeah that's that's fun and you know it, she's a she's a really fun main character she's she admits freely how she is motivated by money, and she's doing this to get her governess training school off the ground. 
And so I thought it was, it's nice to have an addition. It's not just we're living our lives and looking for love. There are definite like business (laughs) motivations on both of their sides, which is kind of, it it evens the playing field a little bit, which is just kind of nice. Right. She's not just a foil for his, (laughs) you know, inability to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that one's fun. And then on the audiobook side, this was kind of a fun thing. So I listened to The Rewind by Alison Wynn Scotch, which is another, it's a contemporary romance where the main characters, uh, it's a dual narration, bounces back and forth between the um, male and the female narrators. And they went to college together, they're college sweethearts, they wake up in bed together in their freshman dorm, but it's actually like... 10 years since they've graduated and they oh. returned to the, the school for a friend's wedding um, and they had a terrible falling out and so they had to rebuild you know before before they graduated they they broke up so they have to kind of figure out what happened to land them you know what happened the night before to land them in this situation so a really fun romance it was also set in a small college campus and i went to school at a small private college and it had a very similar vibe um, mm-hmm. which was fun and another thing that I really enjoyed about it is that it was narrated by Julia Whalen and McLeod Andrews, who I had also just listened to a book that both of them narrated that was very different. It was Cormac McCarthy's The Passenger. Oh my God, that's the opposite. Totally the opposite. And so to listen to them narrating a McCarthy story and then them narrating this contemporary romance and both of them were perfect narrations like it was just really fun to me to see and hear the way that these actors completely you know embrace whatever material they have in front of them so a lot of that's amazing yeah especially mccloud andrew's narration because he's he carries most of the weight in the mccarthy book and it's very serious it's very dark in many ways, and he has uh, a little bit of a, a southern twang to his voice. And then in the romance, he's he, he gets a little bit frenetic sometimes, and he's like freaking out. <laughs> it's just a completely different voice than what you would you would typically expect from somebody who had just done this very very important narration. I've also I've been listening to a lot of nonfiction, mm-hmm. which is. I I often will listen to nonfiction that gives me information that I feel like I should have. So, for example, like, I'll listen to a book that talks about a political issue that I don't really want to sit down and read about, but I feel like I ought to know, or a parenting thing or something like that. But I've been, the books I'm, the nonfiction that I'm listening to now is more just, these are interesting topics. And so mm-hmm. um, that's been fun. I have this penchant for survival stories. Like, I really like the TV Mm -hmm. show Alone and those, like, I shouldn't be alive. (laughs) Too scary for me. I'm a sucker for those. They're so intense. I love stories of like mountain climbing and Arctic explorations and things like that, which is like, I never want to do any of that myself. I have no interest myself in my own life exploring barren wastelands. But I really like reading people's stories. And so I'm right now I'm listening to 
Empire of Ice and Stone. Mm. It's about a 1913-ish, I think, Arctic exploration up to the North Pole where the ship gets icebound and then the ship ends up succumbing to the ice. The ice crushes the ship and the ship sinks. And so then these explorers are stuck on ice flows and have to figure out what to do at that point. And it's it's really, it's it's well-written and it's well-narrated. It feels... It doesn't totally feel like it's written like fiction, but there were enough journals preserved from the explorers that there's lots of detail that's worked in. And so you really do feel yourself pulled along with the characters. Can you imagine like being in a situation like that and taking time every night to write in your journal? <laughs> that is just the remarkable thing to me. And the detail yeah. with which they were keeping track of things. Like we were down to three cans of pemmican and 20 pounds of dog pemmican and like, you know, this many types of shoes and this many this thing. And I mean, I think part of it is like they they must have had to keep such close track because they had to ration it. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, there's this really fun scene. It, it's Christmas and they decide to have like a track meet oh <laughs> for fun. <laughs> and they keep track of who ran in which races and who threw the shot put the farthest and stuff like that it's remarkable and then the other thing that i find so interesting about these exploration journals of that era is how far ahead they must have to plan like during this christmas party they the the captain pulls out like a cotton dress that he had brought along to give to the inuit woman who is helping them prepare their their seal cloths and stuff like that like that he must have thought, you know, months and months or even sometimes like more than a year ahead, this is going to happen while we're there. So I should take some Christmas presents for people. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it just. I feel guilty for my last minute shopping. Right? Yeah. I could never be an Arctic explorer. No, I couldn't either. And not just because of the. <laughs> for, for many reasons. But <laughs> yeah. But we'll say shopping is the main one. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last book that I want to mention, or I mean, we could keep talking, but yeah. the last one like high on my mind is the Daniel Lavery Dear Prudence, uh-huh. uh, which is a collection of his columns or questions and answers from his time as, as, as Prudence and Slate's advice columnist. And he was my favorite, Prudence. And so it was really fun to read, read that one. Yeah. And I'm a big advice column fan. That's one that I read regularly, and it was fun to revisit some of those. And it's really interesting to me to see how people's advice kind of evolves over the year and the type of advice. I think Prudence is a really interesting advice column to read because it's been written by a number of people over the years. Mm -hmm. And so to see this is a this type of person answer, this is a this type of person answer, and their styles are all different, but all under the guise of the same you know, character. Character, right. The same prudence. Yeah. Yeah. It's not huh. it's not like a secret who the who the prudences are. No. There's a bottom in and everything. So it's it, yeah, that's a fun one. Nice. Dear Prudence. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're taking advantage of the gamut of literature <laughs> available to <laughs> consume. And I love it. It really is like all over the place right now. Which is kind of fun, because I think that it's easy to get stuck in a rut. Mm -hmm. I've gotten stuck in so many ruts 
reading ruts over the years. And so yeah. that's one of the nice things about this job is that stuff kind of just gets thrown at us and we jump in and we read it and it can sometimes keep that keep it from getting monotonous if you feel like you're a mystery reader and you're always reading mysteries and then you're like I'm tired of mysteries but what else is there right <laughs> right like for example I'm always reading women's fiction and I'm about to review Paris Hilton's memoir there you go mix it up yeah I'm kind of excited and I'm participating in my library's winter reading program Ooh. So that's giving me extra motivation to to get some books read. They're doing, so I, uh, Westmont, Illinois Public Library is, what they're doing is, it's like a community goal. So can the, the town read 2,000 books oh, nice. by the end of February? And so there's that little incentive every time I drive past the library and see the rotating, you know, see, see the sign, like, we read this many books so far. So, cool. yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. All so. right. Well, thanks for chatting about all your reading experiences and keep on reading and listening. I will give it a shot. Okay. I will try. <laughs> <laughs> so, so far, so good. Thanks, Heather. And thanks, Susan. And that's it for this episode of Shelf Care, the podcast. Thank you to Montoya Barker for sharing her thoughts on book groups and to Heather Booth for sharing what she's been reading and loving. You can find the list of titles we discussed at booklistonline.com slash shelf hyphen care. If you like what you've heard, won't you consider rating and reviewing us on your nearest podcast app? That will help others find our bookish goodness. Thank you kindly and happy reading. Happy reading.